Father, we just want to thank you once again for this day. Thank you, Lord. You're a good God. We just want to thank you for the way that you've already ministered to us this morning, O oh Lord. That you've continued. I pray, Lord, Father, that you'd continue to speak to us. That we will have listening ears. We'll be receptive to your words, to your voice. Speak to us. Make us even more tender and tender, even as the days go by. Tender, O oh Lord. Our hearts will be receptive and not hardened. That we become more sensitive in our conscience. That we will become more obedient to your will. Even as, Lord, we, the entire world, Father, remembers Lent, O oh Lord, I pray, Lord, the life of Christ will truly be our life, O oh Lord, in increasing measure. That, Lord, we will continue to confess that, Lord, in the volume of the book that it was written about me, I delight to do your will. That's what your son said, O oh Lord. And I pray, Father, each one of us, O oh Lord, will begin to delight to do your will. You said in your word, if any man wills to do my will, he will know of the teaching. Make us willing and obedient children. Even in these last days, O oh Lord, enable us to endure till the end. Be with us, O oh Lord. Speak to our hearts. Anoint us. Speak to us even through your inspired text. Thank you, Father. Thank you to that. And I commit to the entire meditation of today, of today, O oh Lord. Thank you. We praise you. We worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. So the entire world celebrates Palm Sunday. The Christian world, especially, only. So this morning, uh, I just want to look at one one character in the Bible. I mean, um, the, in, in an entire Palm Sunday account, the person who attracts me the most, the the creature who attracts me the most, is a donkey. Really, honestly, um, the donkey is the one person who who just surrenders, submits himself to the Son of Man and carries him without questioning. A donkey on whom never a man sat. That's remarkable, isn't it? Let's read Matthew chapter 21 to just understand. Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go into the village opposite you and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Lose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord has need of them and immediately he will send them. The donkey. You see, donkey is a beast of burden. A surrendered donkey, a broken donkey. This says, I mean, it, in the Lord says that every donkey has to be redeemed by a lamb. We were all donkeys. We were all Ishmael first. Before we were Isaac. We were wild donkeys. We were bent upon our ways. But then God sent his son and he redeemed us. And it says that the donkey which is, which cannot be redeemed, its neck has to be broken. But then there are donkeys which are redeemed. A redeemed donkey actually surrenders itself to the will of God. And it's powerful. It's a beast of burden. That's the reason why Jesus says, come to me all that he labor. I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. And bear my burden. For my yoke is light. My burden is meek. So the donkey is a beat of beast of burden. And if you look at uh, the prophecy of Jacob, when Jacob prophesies over his 12 children, when he prays over them and blesses them, and before sending them, he blesses them. Before dying, he blesses them. And this is what he has to say to each of his children before he starts his blessing in Genesis 49, verse 1. It says, Jacob called his sons and said, Gather together that I may tell you what shall befall you in the last days. Okay, in the last day something is going to happen to you, happen to you, and then he calls each of his children and he blesses them. Some he literally pronounces judgment and some he uh, really blesses. And when he comes to Issachar, something very interesting is mentioned about Issachar. This is what he says about Issachar in Genesis chapter 49 and verse 14. I love this translation, two translations I want to look at, look at. It says, Issachar is a strong donkey. It's remarkable, isn't it? Is a strong donkey. We'll, I, I like that word strong. You just well, look at a different rendering as to what that strong means. Lying down between two burdens. Okay. And it's still making a decision whether to carry the burden. So before it, 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 he carries, makes a decision to carry the burden, he saw that rest was good. The rest on the other side. And that the land was pleasant. Uh, other translation will use the word recompense. We'll, we'll, we'll look at that. He bowed his shoulder to bear a burden and he became a band of slaves. What a, what a fantastic prophecy about Issachar. He looked at the pleasant land on the other side. His eyes were in the other side. How, how do I know that the, his eyes were in the other side? I mean, look at a different rendering as well to get a picture of uh, Issachar again. This is 49 verse 14 in the, in the NIV. It says, Issachar is a, a raw-boned donkey. The word raw-boned means a person who is uncompromising, who's got his doctrine set. Okay. Lying down among the sheep pens, when he sees how good is his resting place and how pleasant is his land, he will be, he will bend his shoulder to the burden and submit to forced labor. He becomes a willing donkey. And he says, whatever it is, Lord, I'm willing to, to, to submit to your authority and to your will in my life. And then again, another prophecy about Issachar. Look at the, 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 the cogency of scripture. Everything is so very well connected. It says in 1st Chronicles chapter 12 verse 32, this is what, about the sons of Issachar. The children of Issachar, or the sons of Issachar, which were men, I like that. It's the KJV rendering of the verse, which were men, it's a emphasis, that had understanding of the times. You see, The moment you see, you surrender yourself to the will of God and you're saying, Lord, I want to bear your burden. I don't have anything else but to bear you. I want to bear the burden of Jesus on my shoulder. I want to carry you. I want to carry your testimony over in my life. I don't have any other earthly ambitions. My ambition is to finish and to bear the will of God over my life and to finish the work that you have started in my life. The moment you surrender yourself, you know what it says? These men had understanding of the times. You see, they had the understanding of times to know what Israel ought to do. It's because they surrendered themselves completely to the will. They they were not looking for reputation. They were not looking for fame. They were not looking for money. They were not looking for anything. They said, you know what, Lord, we are, our whole purpose in life is to finish your work. We want to bear your burden. We die to reputation. We die to self. We want to have 
Christ as preeminent in my life. And you know what God says? I'm going to give you the understanding of times. I'm going to give you a word for season. Yesterday, pastor was talking about, don't just talk about what God did. Know what God is doing now, now, now. So this is exactly what Issachar, the spirit of Issachar, the sons of Issachar, the, 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 the prophesy, prophecy over Issachar, and we can, we can all be spiritually Issachar. They know what Israel ought to do. Why? Because they have an understanding of the times. And that is the reason why Paul tells uh, the Thessalonian church, my brothers, I do not have to tell you about the seasons and the times. You yourselves fully know that that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. He knows. I mean, and he's, he's really a pr- pr- proud of this church because this church, they bore the burden of Jesus. Look at what the indictment of uh, Jesus on the Pharisees in Matthew chapter 16. This is what he says. Then the Pharisees and Sadducees came and testing him asked that he would show them a sign from heaven. And he answered and said to them, when it is evening, you say it will be fair weather for the sky is red. And he says, and in the morning it will be fall weather today for the sky is red. And threatening hypocrites, you know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of times, you see. You're hypocrites, you know why? Because you guys are only interested about yourself. All that you're interested is about yourself. And in fact, you lay burdens on others, but you will not raise one finger to lighten the burden on the others. Remarkable. Today I want to look at warnings. How to be a donkey for God. I want to look at a nameless donkey. A donkey, we don't know the name of the donkey. And I titled today's teaching as the donkey, lion and the man of God. Okay. Everybody knows this story. If you do not know, let us refresh. Okay. For the first, for the people who are, who are very um, unfamiliar to this to this, uh, to this particular story. And this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Uh, first, first Kings chapter 13. I love it because so many things mentioned. So many times we re- I read it. So many things I learn. So I'm just teaching from what I've learned from different men of God over the years. One Kings chapter 13. This is, uh, I'll just give you the context. Uh, Abiyah comes to Jeroboam and he says, because Solomon did this, I'm going to divide the kingdom. Ten tribes go to you. Two tribes goes goes to Judah. Judah and Benjamin will occupy the southern kingdom and the northern kingdom of Israel will be under you. And if you walk with God and fulfill and walk in the statutes of God, I will establish your kingdom forever. That's what he tells Jeroboam. And then of course, uh, before the partition of the kingdom happens, uh, there is a confrontation of the children of Israel with the people of Israel under the leadership of Jeroboam. They go to Rehoboam and they ask him to uh, to lessen the taxes, the burden. And they say, no way. And he says, no way. And then, you know, the story, the kingdom gets divided into two. The northern kingdom is taken over by Jeroboam and the southern kingdom is under Rehoboam. And of course, Jeroboam is, Jeroboam is really, he becomes insecure. I mean, one of the most important things you need to really understand, the danger of insecurity. Okay. So when you do not have certainty about your identity in Christ, you do foolish things because you are insecure. Okay. When God calls you, he will also equip you. And Jer- Jeroboam has this, has this weird thought and he says, you know what, if, if, if uh, I do not um, do something about um, the worship part, all the people will go back to 
Jerusalem and suddenly their hearts will turn towards Judah and I will lose my kingdom and therefore he starts, he builds two golden calves. He wants, he places one in Bethel and one in Dan and then, and then he, and he says, these are your gods, O Israel, and he commits Israel to sin. It's remarkable. The foundations, you know what? The Bible says that the foundations are destroyed. What can the righteous do? And you know what happens? He sets the course. He sets the future of the northern kingdom because he lays the entire premise on a wrong foundation. And you'll see that every king, even though of Israel, of the northern kingdom, even though there was some semblance of, 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 of revival, even during the time of Jehu, even Jehu has zeal for God and he destroys the altars of Baal. But one thing he does not do, he does not take care of the foundation. It says, even Jehu committed the sins of Jeroboam that he went back uh, to, uh, to, 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 going, to worshipping the golden calves. And that, that sets the future. It's so dangerous, my dear brothers and sisters. The foundations, because everything that can be shaken will be shaken in the last days. And therefore, we have to be really, really sure about the foundations. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Israel built on a wrong foundation, on a wrong premise. And the entire future is completely uh, uh, hamstrung by the foolish insecurity of a king. And of course, he builds the altar. And then he builds the altar and he's sacrificing on the altar. And this is what happens. A man of God is sent. Let us look at that man of God and learn from this guy. This man is a, is a, is a picture of the donkey, of the donkey. Let us learn from this man of God today. And behold, a man of God went from Judah. Okay. Bethel was supposed to be the house of God. Now it's become a house of abomination because it's built on a wrong foundation now. Judah is a, is means praise. So, a man, Bible says he's a Jew. Who's one? Where? Inwardly. His praise is not from man, but his praise is from God. He's not of the letter, but he's of the spirit. Circumcision of the heart. So, it's a picture of a believer who is believer who's truly, truly born again. Okay. Who's, 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 who's got his heart circumcised. He's, his heart is in the right place. And behold, a man of God. Went from Judah to Bethel by the word of the Lord. And Jeroboam stood by the altar of, to burn incense. And then he cried out against the altar by the word of the Lord and said, O altar, altar, thus says the Lord. Behold, a child, Josiah by name, shall be born to the house of David. And on you he shall sacrifice the priests of the high places who burn incense on you. And men's bones shall be burnt on you. You need to understand, who's this person? He's a, he's a prophet in Judah sent to Israel. And if you carefully read the accounts of the of the kings and the chronicles, you'll see even the prophets of Israel were sent to Judah. And one of the prophets who wrote a letter, and his letter was later sent down to Israel. You know who that prophet is? Okay. Very 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 interesting. Okay. Elijah is taken. But much after he's taken, one of his letters is sent down to Israel. Okay, I'll maybe we'll discuss about that sometime later. So doesn't matter where you're coming from. You know, your heart should be in the right place. So look at look at what happens. This this prophecy comes to pass much much later, many years later. On you he shall sacrifice the priests of the high places who burn incense on you, and men's bones shall be burnt on you. And he gave a sign, the same day, saying, "This is the sign which the Lord has spoken." 
Surely the altar shall split apart and the ashes on it shall be poured out. So he prophesies. The first thing I want to look at this man. Who is this man? This man is a nameless man of God. First of all, one of the most important things, we are not after a name. That's the reason why we're talking about the donkey. The donkey has no name, no reputation. He's literally put his head down and asking Jesus to ride him. No name, no reputation. This is what, I, this is, what is uh, told to Baruch by Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 45 verse 1. The word that Jeremiah the prophet spoke to Baruch, the son of Neriah, when he had written these words in a book at the instruction of Jeremiah in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, saying, Do you seek great things for yourself? Answer, do not seek them. Why? For behold, I will bring adversity on all flesh. That is the reason why I study if you are there for pastor's conference, if you haven't heard, I would really recommend for all of you to listen to it. It says, what are you seeking? And one of the questions that Jeremiah is asking Baruch, Baruch is his, uh, is his PA, personal assistant, secretary. He gets his uh, prophecies and he's writing down, personal assistant. Alright. And Baruch, and he says, Baruch, Baruch, what are you seeking? Why, what are you, are you seeking honor for yourself? Are you seeking a name for yourself? Are you seeking a reputation for yourself? Do you think people will just fall down and worship you and, and say, you, thou great man of God, just because you have a word from God? No way. Baruch, be ready. All genuine men of God have no reputation. That is the reason why it says in Luke's Gospel chapter 6, blessed are you, I mean, woe to you if men say good things about you now, because that's exactly what they did to the false prophets. It's exactly what they did to the false prophets. What do you seek? A name? A reputation? You know, this is what uh, I was uh, introduced to this verse. I mean, this verse came alive to me when I was reading one uh, book by Oswald Sanders given to me, my pastor. The first thing. The first chapter in that book, Jeremiah chapter 45, verse 5. Do you seek great things for yourself? Do not seek them. But that, was my, that was my introduction to full-time ministry. Introduction to full-time ministry is, do you see great things for yourself? Do not seek them. Because you're coming from the world. You said no to the world and you're coming here and you're saying, Lord, I put my hand on the plow and you're not, not turning back. So what are you turning for? Do you love a name above, above uh, a name for yourself about love for me? That's exactly the reason why the three times Jesus asked a question to Peter. Peter, Peter, do you love me more than this entire catch that you have? And more than these? Okay, that was the last covenant question that we were asked when we were getting ordained. Do you love God more than these? Only one covenantal question. Feed my lambs, feed my sheep, tend my lambs comes later. First important thing, do you love me more than these? Will you turn back? What are you seeking? Big things for yourself, a name for yourself, a reputation for yourself. Don't seek them. See, the spirit of the world, the spirit of confusion, Babel is about making a name for yourself. Exactly what happens in Genesis chapter 11. is Nimrod. The man who was a mighty hunter before God. That's what it says. Uh, actually what the word is, a rebel before God. Nimrod, the rebel the, the, of the line of Ham, of the line of Cush. Ham who cursed, I mean who got the curse of his father. Because he did not respect and honor his father. Who, who uncovered the nakedness of his father. Genesis chapter 11. This is what it says about Babel. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. That's exactly what we're doing. What is this? One language, one speech. What is the one language, one speech? English. 
English is not the language. You know what the language is? Zeros and ones. Binary. Because what language do you speak? Telugu, let's say. I am from North India. I have a translator. Translate. What is happening? There is zeros and ones as a program which is decoding your entire speech and uh, I mean it's uniting us. One language, one speech. What is that language of zeros and ones? Binary. Technology. Okay. That's what is happening. The whole world is going to become one. The whole earth had one language and one speech and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, come, let us make brick, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. Why? Baking them thoroughly means let us have one, what is, what we call as a uniform civil code from America to Anakapalli. Everybody is the same. Okay. From Charlotte to Charminar. <laughs> Sorry, Charminar. <laughs> Charlotte to Charminar. Hmm? From Chicago to whatever. Chandranagutta. <laughs> Everybody. One language. One speech. It is not Chicago. It is Chicago. It is not Chandranagutta. It is Chandranagutta. Okay? Just to <laughs> make it clear, okay. Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. Look at what it says. Next verse. Then they had brick for stone. Stone ka matlab kya hai? You have to cut the stone and put them in the right place. It's a lot of work. God says we are what? We are living stones. And what did they make? They had brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar and they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves. That is Babel, the spirit of Babel. Nameless man of God, the first thing about this man of God, he says, you know what? I do not want to have a name for myself. I'm dead to this. Let us make a name for myself. Lest we be scattered abroad. Over the face of the whole earth. You know the word for letter whose top is into the heavens. You know that's literally what they want to do. They wanted to make, make gateways into the heavenlies. They wanted to make gateways into the spiritual. Into. It's very interesting. God says, okay, let me come down. It's very interesting. It's the irony. They want to go to heaven. God says, let me come down. That is the reason why Psalm 16 says, in Psalm 16 he says, Lord, you are my Lord. There is no good apart from you. My goodness does not what? Extend unto you. It is impossible. It is impossible. God is completely the other. Let us make a name for ourselves. Lest we be scattered. And you know that. What happens? What happens? God confuses their language. Confusion. That's the reason why the, the, the word Babel means confusion. Let us make a name, lest we be scattered. In the kingdom of God, it is only one name that has to be hallowed. Who's that? Pastor was praying. He says, I have finished the work that you asked me to complete and I have glorified your name. Your name. First Peter chapter 4, look at the reason why God gives us giftings in the kingdom of God. First Peter chapter 4, verse 7. But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore be serious and watchful. Other translation will use, use the word for the sake of your prayers. And then, 
And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Goes on. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a what? A gift. Minister to one another. Other translations will use the word. Use it to serve one another. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And then, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. So that in all things, God may be glorified. God may be glorified. That is our identity. Why did God call us? First Peter chapter 2 verse 9. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. His own special people. Why? So that you may proclaim the excellencies or the praises of him who has brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That is the reason. Our entire purpose is to please God and to glorify his name. That is the motto of our church. In all things, let who have preeminence, Christ have preeminence. This man is a nameless man of God. He does not want to have a reputation for himself. Galatians chapter 1. This is what Paul has to say. Galatians chapter 1, verse 10 onwards. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? I like the devotion that pastor was reading. I said, that's exactly what I got in the morning. When I was preparing the word. Or do I seek to please men? For if I still pleased men, for I, I would not be the what? The bond servant. What is the bond servant's interest? What do you say? That is the reason why it says about Jesus, Lord, sacrifices and burnt offerings you do not desire, but my ears you have pierced. I have come to do your will. I have become your bond servant. You know why? Because I love you. I delight in you. That is the reason why the way Paul introduces himself, he says, you know what? I, Paul, a bond servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle. That is only incidental. My calling is only incidental. But my, but my primary call is to be a bond servant, separated for the gospel of Christ. So what should I say about myself? Vijay, a born servant of Jesus Christ. If I'm a software engineer, Vijay, born servant of Jesus Christ, called to be a software engineer, separated from the gospel of God. Born servant. They don't have any reputation. They have only one interest. The interests of the master is their interest. They wait and say, Lord, master, how do I please you? It's not a slavish love. It's a love which has, which, which, which literally uh, responds to the love that he has received from God. Amen. So, First Corinthians chapter seven verse twenty-three says, "You were bought at a price. Do not become slaves, especially of their opinions." Okay. Many of the weddings that happen in India is to please men. See, you please men, ultimately, you know what happens? You get into debt. For the rest of your life, you are paying off. EMIs. Okay. I'm not recommending that you should do this. But for your wedding, if possible. No law. Okay. Chai Usmani biscuit. I will bless you and go. Okay. <laughs> it will be perfect. All this... Don't need. See, that is the reason why he says, how can you believe me, Jesus says. You who seek reputation from one another, but do not seek the honor that comes from the only God. John's Gospel chapter 12, he says, 
after Jesus spoke these things, many of the Jews believed in his name, but they were afraid to confess him before the synagogues because they loved the praise of men that comes than the honor that comes from God alone. That is the reason why First Samuel chapter 2 verse 30, you know what the formula is? 1, 2, 3, 0. God will honor those who honor him. Simple. 1, 2, 3, 0. Good birthday promise. Okay, what is that? God will honor those who honor. That is the reason why the secret life is so important to God. When nobody's watching. How do you work as men pleasers as us or as God pleasers? Ultimately, you'll be fooling yourself. Study yourself to, sh- to make yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You know why, Timothy? Because you have to be careful about your doctrine and about your life. In doing so, you will not only save yourself, you will also save those who have been entrusted into your hands. Secret life is important. A nameless man of God. Nameless. We don't even know. But he is a man of God. That's important. That's enough. What more do you want? What is the great, greatest calling that you can have in your, in your life? To become a scientist in a top, top university? Or to be called a man of God. Which is the greatest career? To be recruited by the CEO of the universe or to be CEO of the Microsoft? Think about it. Think about it, no? I told told you this example. You work in Microsoft. You work in Microsoft. It's good. You work in Microsoft. Same words. (laughs) The emphasis is different. Who's your CEO? Who's your CEO? God is my CEO. God is your CEO? <laughs> Behold of what manner of love the Father. That's what Kritika was praying. That you have brought upon us that we should be called the children of God. See, you are bought with a price. Do not become slaves of men. Don't try to become men pleasers. Develop and practice the secret life. Matthew chapter 6, take heed that you do not so do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise you have no reward from your father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, don't become Ambani. Food, 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 food. Camera, food. All for tax rebate. Therefore, that they may have glory before men. Assuredly, I say to you, they already have their reward. What is the reward? I want glory. Before whom? Not before God, before men. You got it? Over. No more glory for you. Finished. Your life is over. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your... It's too difficult, no? Somebody should know. You see, when, when you, you have really are a nameless man of God, you do not care because you love God more than the reputation of men. Because you want God to see you. Mm-hmm. Nameless man of God. But when you pray, go to your room. When you fast, and on your head, <laughs> love that. Except when it's a corporate fast. Everybody when it's a corporate fast should pray, okay? Fast and pray corporately. It's a corporate fast. But if it's a secret fast, don't have to. Don't 
say fasting in the morning, feasting in the evening. And you make more money and put on more weight by the end of the fasting. It happens, especially during this season. I'm not talking about other brothers. I'm talking about brothers from the church because they enjoy Halim. By the time they finish the Halim season, they have put on at least five kilos. So that. You see, when man wanted to make a name for himself, you know what he built? He built a city. But you know what? When God wants to make a name for you, you know what he builds? Many of us don't like it. Look at what it says in Genesis chapter 12. This is about Abraham, the very next chapter. Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country. Get thee out. I like that. Get thee out. KJV is beautiful. What seekest thou? Okay. That was yesterday's message, by the way. And from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will shew thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee and I will make thy name great. I will make thee a great nation. I will make thy name great. I will do it. I will do it. But in order for you to do it, Don't become one with the world, but be separate from the world. Don't be one with the value system of the world, but get out of your father's country. Don't become an idol worshipper who worship the idols of this world. Get away from those idols. And I will make thee a great nation. And I will bless thee. And make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And look at what he says in the next verse, which we don't like. And I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse them that curse thee. And in thee, huh? What is this? What is that? What is that? What is that? Everybody say family. So if one, when God wants to make your name great, what is He building? A family, not a city. A home, and not a city. So man of God is in great company. Man of God title itself is a big title. You know who else is called man of God in the Bible? Uh, let me give you examples. Moses, the man of God. Dave, Samuel, the man of God. David, the man of God. Elijah, the man of God. Elisha, the man of God. And this nameless man, also a man of God. Is that not enough? No, there's a song in Telugu. Petu radhi sakala postul. Per migalama nijakutastul. You know what he says? Peter, Peter and all the apostles, we are among them. If we are among them, why do we have, why do we need to have honor from this stupid world? I'm just paraphrasing. He says, is God not my father? Is not Christ my elder brother? What more do I want? The company of the man of God. Moses, Samuel, David, Elijah, Elisha. Finished. And a man of God. Nameless, doesn't matter. But which company? Which company? What is your association? That's the reason why. Which company you work for? Microsoft. Microsoft. What is salary, huh? Facebook. Facebook. Reputation. Which company you working for matters, no? What company? Some startup. Startup. Double star, What is the salary? That's what the first thing. First thing. The first thing we name understand about this man of God. He is a nameless man of God. How many of you want to say, Lord, I want to be nameless? Can we say that? Can we actually say that? Don't have to say no. If God says Tadastu, then a lot of things will happen. <laughs> Means Amen. Second, he was a young man of God. 
Not, just not only nameless, but young. Can you imagine a young man? I don't want to have a name. What a man! Because the implication is that he, there was an older prophet. If you read the entire account, you will see there was an older prophet. The implication is that this man was a young man of God. So you can be young and a man of God. That's the point. That's the reason why we had a fantastic prayer today. Young and a child of God. Young, doesn't matter. You can be an example. That's the point. You can be an example to all believers, irrespective of their age. Look at what it says in First Timothy chapter 4. Let no one despise your youth. Okay, the problem is, are you Youth fellows? What do you know? No experience in life. But they know God. Do you know God? No. What do you have then to give us? What he says, but be an example to who? The believers. In what? Inward. Look at the words that were coming out of Kritika yesterday in the morning. The word. You cannot get that word out unless your heart is filled with the word of God. That is the reason why it says, let your heart be filled with the word of Christ. We let the word of Christ richly dwell in you, speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and songs of worship. Understand that. So, you have believers in word, in conduct, in love, in attitude, in spirit, in other words, in faith and in purity. Six things. Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. This is what he's telling Timothy. Timothy, 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 let no one despise you. Let your sobriety, let your growth be known unto all men. When they look at you, when they look at the way you walk, when they look at the way you talk, when they look at the way you carry yourself, when they look at the way you you have, uh, the, the way you deal with the brothers in the church and the sisters in the church, then they look at this, look at you and they, say, they should say, this is a man of God. You see, and Elisha went to the Shunammite woman's home. What did he do there? One miracle? No. One prophecy? No. One Bible study? No. He just came, ate, slept. After several days, the Shunammite woman said, I perceive that this is a man of God. How? Simply by the way he ate. Can you imagine? By your eating, you can be a man of God or a woman of God. By the way you eat or not eat. The reason why after pastor's conference, I'm not saying anything. You should see the way you eat. I remember one man of God saying after one meeting was over, they were serving lunch and there was a commotion which was going on. And this pastor went outside and he said, what is the commotion all about? And then one guy who was uh, uh, seated on the table and he was having an argument with the person who was serving. And he said, what happened, brother? He said, pastor, he's showing partiality. And he said, what happened? He gave him leg. He gave him leg, but he did not give me one leg. And he said, sir, we only slaughtered one chicken. The chicken has only two legs. Over. How many more legs should we should we get? Leg. See, by the way you eat. Your eating habits can show. Your sleeping habits will show. Your reading habits will show. The way you talk will show. 
the way you stand in line for the food will show. Everything. Man of God. Let no one despise you. Because you are young. That's exactly what he tells Jeremiah. Look at what he says. Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah saying. Before I formed you in the mother's womb. I knew you. Before you were born. I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet. To the. Oh. To the. Too much Lord. Too much. Too much. Too much. Too much. Bojh jada. Kya hai? Khande pe bojh jada. Bojh hai. Thank you so much sister. Okay. Bojh. She's a Hindi pundit over here. Okay. Bojh hai. Khando pe. Itna chote khando pe. Itna bada bojh. Lord, what are you talking? Before you formed me, you ordered me, you sent him. Please, 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 please. Let me enjoy some life. No. Let me go here. Let me make some money. Let me do this, this, this. And let me come back and then worship you. That will never happen. You see, you always are deciding to give and but not giving. You know that, right? Many of us, right? I will decide to give next month. I will decide. When I have money, I will give. When I have time, I will pray. When that time and that day will never come. I ordained you, a prophet to the nations. You know something? A lot of young people cannot accept this. They said, Lord, no, 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 no. I don't want this. No, no, no. enjoy Please. Knock a girlfriend. That's the song. I want one girlfriend, minimal. Solomon had 900 girlfriends. You are running after girlfriends. The girls are running after Solomon. Let me tell you something. That's a fact. I want relationship. With whom? The person who will definitely break your heart. Too much, Lord. Too much. The sanctified life, the separation. This is is too much, too much, too much, too much. No, 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 no. Please, please, please. No, no. Then I said, Ah, Lord, I cannot speak for I am a youth. And you know what Lord said? I know Jeremiah, poor fellow. I know it will take some time. Okay. Uh, We will, don't, don't worry about it. No, no, no. Look at this. Do not say I am a youth. For you shall go. No plan B for you, Jeremiah. That's like for sisters of grace, no? Plan A is heaven. Plan B is hell. Do not go, do not say I am a youth for you shall go to all whom I send you and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them. Aha, I know you have a problem. You have scopophobia. You are scopophobic. You know, because every time you go to church, you know, a lot of, many, many times, the young people are very receptive. The older generation, they'll look at their face like this. Hmm? Always, no? Young people are always receptive. I mean, young people mean young at heart, including me, okay? Even all the older people, who is this fellow? Johnny come lately. You see, if God is speaking, doesn't matter even if he's a donkey. Listen! Because God who's speaking. That day, I've seen many platforms, okay? You'll have senior men of God there. When Junior man of God will say, thank you, Pastor Garu, for giving this fantastic opportunity for me to share the word. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. And all those people are like this now. Chapu. 
I mean, I look at that platform and I said, Lord, Lord, I, the day I become like that, take me out of the ministry. I want to hear. Doesn't matter who it is. And I want to hear from people who are young, who have surrendered their youth to the Lord. There's a song which I was teaching the children, you know, it says, the strength of youth at your feet we lay. It is loyalty, loyalty, loyalty to Christ. I know, you have a lot of peer pressure. What will they think? What will they think? They become, you know, the young people, they become very conscious, though. Very, very conscious. Watch, always watching what people are thinking about them. He was a nameless man of God. Second, he was a young man of God. Don't waste your youth in senseless pursuits. Give your youth to God. And you know what's going to happen? You will see. God may not use you immediately, but surrender. That's what it says in First Peter chapter 5. It says, you young people, submit yourselves to the elders. Let all of you be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And he will exalt you in due time. Cast all your burdens upon you. For he cares for you. Be vigilant. Be sober. Why? Because your adversary. And you do not give your youth to God. Who's going to take it? Your adversary. The devil is going to take it. Doesn't matter. He will take it. If you don't give your youth to God, the devil will take it. And many of us in the church are young. What are you going to do about your youth? What are you going to do? Lord, I want to seek your face. I want to seek you. I want to seek you in your word. I want to seek your call. I want to seek you. I want to study. I want to study your word. And whatever you entrust into my hands, I want to do it with all of my heart. Why? Charm is deceitful. Beauty is vain. But a woman that fears the Lord, she will be praised. And remember your creator, it says in Ecclesiastes. Before the grinders in your teeth become full, become very, very few. You do not have the capacity to chew on the meat of the word of God anymore. Your vision becomes dim, like Isaac. Don't do, don't do that. Give it to God. Give it to God and say, Lord, use me now. And whatever, wherever you place me under. And one of the things I would always tell young people, one basic fundamental mistake you should not do in your life is to run away from submitting to authority. Do that and you'll see how God will use you. That is the reason why I love Elisha's cry and he says, my father, my father. What does he say? The chariots of Israel and the horsemen thereof. If you are the chariot of Israel and if you are the horseman, who is the horse? Who is the horse? I am your horse. You've been riding me all these days. The bit is in your mouth, in your hands. And you turned me wherever you wanted me to go. And I surrendered completely to your will. Elisha, a type of Jesus, who surrendered completely to the Father's will. My dear brothers and sisters, give your youth to God and say, Lord, which wherever you place me, Lord, whichever authority you place me under, let me be totally, completely submissive. And whatever they say, let me do it. Like Stephen. One day, one day it will happen. You know what happens? This is what I imagine. Imagine, this is what I imagine. We are all a body. We are all growing together. Okay. And the, and the body is an organism. 
It's organic. Its growth is organic. When a baby is formed in a womb, it's a simple first, a single cell zygote and it starts dividing. And it starts dividing and dividing and dividing and dividing and it, after a while it becomes what we call as stem cells. And after it becomes stem cells, suddenly one of the cells says we have to become what? A hand. One of the cells says we, we have to become feet. One says we have to become eyes. How does it know? It is organic. Who is the master? It is his, it is him. That is the reason why he says, you formed me in my mother's womb. You formed me. All the members of my body were absolutely formed in your hands. I was differentiating. You know what happens when you become an organic part of the body of Christ? God will tell you. Vijay, you're called to preach. You're cleaning toilets or you're, or you're, let's say, like Stephen waiting at tables. And God says, one day, Stephen, mighty miracles were being done by Stephen. And he was using words and refuting the Sanhedrin. And they could not gainsay his authority. And then he gives us first speech. What has happened? Suddenly he becomes a, he has become some mouthpiece of the church. It has become organic now. Automatically, organically, you'll become what God intends you to become. Because you have become a part of the organic body. You, become, you differentiate. One becomes eyes. One becomes ears. One becomes Nose, one becomes hands, one becomes feet. So, be a part. Surrender yourself and say, Lord, I, I mean, I did it to the best I, I, I could in my life. And I made a lot of mistakes. I'm not saying that I'm, I have been perfect in this regard. But, whatever I did, one of the things I said, Lord, the wherever you place me, Lord, I will be found faithful. If you ask me to leave this place, I will leave. You ask me to, you vacate me from the pulpit, I will vacate. But wherever you want me to be, I will be. I want to be a blessing. Because it is not about me. I am nameless and all my youth and my strength belongs to you. Second, third. He's a man of God by the heart, by the, by the what? Everybody read this please. Everybody read it loudly, okay? A man of God By the word of God. Let me tell you something. You can never be a man of God unless you are a student of the word of God. It's impossible. Because the man of God has to speak the word of God. If anyone has called, has been called to preach, you know what Peter says? You have to speak as the word of God, as the oracles of God. Look at what it says in 1 Kings chapter 13. And behold, a man of God went from Judah to Bethel by the word of the Lord. Understand this. That is the reason why when 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 uh, Jeremiah tends to he says, "Lord, I'm 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 a youth, Lord. I, I can't speak, Lord. Uh, please, Lord." You know what what God says tells Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter one verse nine. Then the Lord put forth His hand and touched His mouth and said, "And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. My words in your mouth. Excuse me. Let me just have a drink." You know, this is, First Kings chapter 13 is one of my favorite chapters, so I get excited. If I'm getting excited, there's something there, okay? So, I love this chapter because it speaks to me so much. And uh, whenever I read it, whenever somebody preaches on it, I'm like, I'm all yours. I'm all yours. Because it's like the, like the downfall of Jeroboam starts from here. How you respond to prophetic correction. Prophetic correction will determine the course of your life. Your eternal destiny. Your eternal destiny is not is not here. It is there, my dear brothers. What will be in eternity is more important than the temporal. Even temporal honor in the church is not needed. Eternal honor in hands of God. That is what is needed. 
Okay. Psalm 81 verses 10 to 12. Look at what it says. Psalm 81 verses 10 to 12. I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Ah, read that everybody. Open thy mouth wide and I will fill it with what? Gold, silver, no. What is a good thing? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds. There's only one good thing. You know what it is? It is God and his word. What is that? God and his word and his spirit. Simple. God, word, spirit. They're all one and they're good. That is the reason why he says, as newborn babies, you know what he says? Desire the pure milk. KJV uses the word sincere milk. I like that. Sincere milk ain't na? Until there is insincere milk also. Chocolate milk. What is the other milk? Strawberry milk. Uh, uh, buffalo milk. Cow milk. All the other milk. Hey, anything is a word of God, no sir. Anything is a word of God just because it is white, it is milk. One is donkey's milk and one is cow's milk. Which, which milk do you like? Which milk? Or you want to become Mahatma Gandhi and goat milk? And Morarji, this had something else also. I don't want to mention that. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. What milk? Milk, the sincere milk. To grow up in your salvation. You are salvation is directly proportional to your desire for the milk and the meat of the word of God. It is absolutely directly proportional to that. The way you respond to God's word is how much your salvation is. And once you get a taste of the word of God, oh, hallelujah, that is the reason why it says, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good, Boy, I remember, I bought myself two KJV Bibles in Montreal. That was my way back to the Lord. My way back to the Lord was through the word. Completely defeated in my sin, in my rebellion. I'm saying, Lord, what is happening to me? I was walking down the streets of Montreal. Saw a bookshop. Went inside. Bibles there. Two KJV Bibles. One small, one big. I don't know why I bought two. And that day I opened the scriptures. I started reading Jeremiah. The first book I started reading was Jeremiah. Because somebody said, if you read Jeremiah, nobody will understand. And you know what happens? Do not say that I am young. Before I called you, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. I sanctify you. I ordained you. My people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me. The fountains of living water. And they have hewn from themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. That's exactly my life, Lord. That's me, O oh Lord. That's me. You know what happens after that? Underline and underline. I underline the entire Bible now. I just enjoy it. I just like the, the smell of paper and the, and that, and that, and that, and that raw writing of the word of God. I love it. I want to engage with the word. See, you love it because you have tasted God now. You have tasted. You cannot become a man of God unless you are a man of the word. You are nameless, you are young, but you are a man of the word. 
Because you have no opinions about your, about, about anything in this world except the opinion of God. The interpretation of the things of, of this world through the eyes of God. That's all you're interested in. You're not interested in name. You're not interested in reputation. Nothing. Only God, 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 God. Because you're a man of God. Understand that? Look at what it says to Ezekiel chapter 2. When, now when I looked, sorry, received from Ezekiel, right? Some, yeah, yeah. Chapter 2. Now when I looked, there was a hand stretched out to me. And behold, a scroll of book was in it. Then he spread it before me. No, no, that's exactly what happens in, in old, uh, in our villages, no? Vistaraku. They'll spread the leaf. One, one, one entity, Palakura, Totakura, Pappu, Neyi. Last one sweet will be there. Papad, full spread. That's exactly what he's good, what he's doing now. He's spreading before Ezekiel. He's spreading before Ezekiel. A meal. A meal. Imagine that meal. The banana leaf. If you're from Kerala. Vistarako, if you're from Andhra. Then he spread before me. And there was written on inside and the outside. What were written? Good blessings and prosperity. No, 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 no. Lamentations. Mourning. And woe. <laughs> How many feel like it? That is the reason why you know what Bible says. The day will come when people will not endure sound doctrine. They will heave for themselves. What? Ministers who will itch there, who will scratch their ears. You know how they, when they scratch how you feel? You know it, right? Everybody has an experience. Men of, especially men. Goku, please. Scratch me, scratch me here. And after that, ah, that's exactly what they do. They comfort them in their sin. They don't say lamentations. They don't say, you know what? God is mourning over your sin. He's lamenting. He's broken over your rebellion. And he can't do anything about it. And if you do not mend your ways, woe is you. Ezekiel looked at that. What did did Ezekiel do? Chapter 3. Moreover he said to me, son of man, eat what you find. What is this Lord? Lamentations, mourning and woe. You want me to eat? Eat the scroll and go and speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth and he, I, I love that. He caused me to eat. And Come, come, come. Come, let me feed you. He caused me to eat. And I ate it. You know what happens? And he said to me, son of man, feed your belly and fill your stomach with the scroll that I give to you. So I ate. And what was it? And it was in my mouth like honey in sweetness. You know why? When I ate it, I did not see mourning. I did not see lamentations. I did not see war. I understood the sweet love of Jesus for me. I saw his broken heart for me. I saw his intentions that he had for me. I saw the blessings behind obedience that he had for me. I saw what all I lost because of my disobedience. And I saw what all he wants me to give because of my obedience. I saw it and when I ate it, oh, sweetness. Sweetness. Do you see the word of God like that? Eat it. Especially when pastor speaks about the cross, I'm like, oh my goodness. I love that. Especially pastor. Sam and I were like, uh, when pastor was talking about the cross, Sam was the one who responded and I was all ears. Man, the cross. What is it? Lamentations, mourning and woe. And when you start hearing about this cross, you feel the sweetness of the love of Jesus. It is so sweet. 
to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his. Oh, can you? <laughs> can you, can you, can you, can you, my dear brothers? Understand that. He was a man of the word. Because, you know, he loved the word. He devoured it. And he said to me, son of man, go to the house of Israel and speak with my words to them. For you are not sent to a people of unfamiliar speech. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows your Bible, at least. After 14 years in the, Bible, in, the, in, the in the church, you know you are familiar. You're familiar. Of un- unfamiliar speech, of hard language, but to the house of Israel. Not to many people of unfamiliar speech and of hard language, whose words you cannot understand. Surely, had I sent you to them, they would have listened to you. That's exactly what happened to Nineveh. They heard. But you cannot be a man of God unless you are a man of the word, my dear brothers. Understand that. That is the reason why it says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. And that from childhood, that is the reason why you start early, 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 early. Not when you become 40, 40 years old, 42 years old. By that time, everything is over. Your mind is set in one trajectory. Early. And that from childhood, you have known the scriptures. Which are able to make you what? Wise unto salvation. Through faith in Jesus Christ. And therefore he goes on to say, For all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Is profitable for what? For doctrine. For correction. For instruction in righteousness. For reproof. I like that. Reproof. Reproof. We'll come to that later on. For correction. For instruction in righteousness. So that what? Everybody say that the man of God, you see, the man of God may be thoroughly equipped. That means this man of God, he was a man of the word and he was thoroughly equipped for the ministry that God has entrusted into his hands. Therefore, if you're a man of God or a woman of God, if you want to be thoroughly equipped for whatever job that God has entrusted into your hands, you have to be a man or the woman of the word, a student of the word of God. Understand that? Okay. Second, fourth characteristics of this man of God. The uncompromising man of God. What is he? The uncompromising. Look at what it says about this man. First Kings chapter 13. And he gave a sign the same day. This is the sign which the Lord has spoken. Surely the altar shall split apart and the ashes on it shall be poured out. You think the king was very happy? But the house of Israel will not listen to you. Why? Because they, that is the reason which Jesus said, if they hear you, they will hear me. If they despise you, so if they despise me, they will also despise you. So a servant is not greater than his master. Expect. That is the reason why Samuel, when he was crying, when Israel asked for a king, Samuel, Samuel, don't cry. They did not reject you, Samuel. They rejected But he was uncompromising. Like adamant stone, harder than flint, I have made your forehead. Do not be afraid of them. Not be dismayed at their looks. Though they are a rebellious house. They will be adamant. Be uncompromising. And you son of man, do not be afraid of them. Nor be afraid of their words. Though briars and thorns are with you, and you dwell among scorpions. So what does scorpion do? Bite with its tail. 
Sting. You shall speak my words to them. Whether they hear or whether they refuse. He just spoke it out. Just like it is. Uncompromising. Then comes the next important characteristics. First, first what he was. He was a nameless man of God. Everybody say, nameless man. Second, he was young man of God. Third, he was a man of the word. Fourth, he was an uncompromising man of God. Fifth, very important. What is he? The tender man of God. Oh, I, I like that. You see, how can you, young people be tender? Very difficult. Lord, they rejected you. Send fire down. Because we heard about another man of God. If I be a man of God, let fire come down from my Lord, fire! Hurry, what spirit are you from? What spirit do you have? You see, when a man has been walking with the Lord and has been dealt with by God, you know what hap- what, what he becomes? He becomes tender. A tender. Look at what, it, what happens to him. So it came to pass when the king Jeroboam heard the saying out of the man of God who cried out against the altar in Bethel that he stretched out his hand from the altar saying, what is that? Arrest him. Like a judge in a Indian movie. Arrest them. Police, arrest. That's what happened to John the Baptist. It is not good for you to marry your brother's wife. Arrest him. The problem here is this. Then he stretched out his hand toward him and it withered. What do you expect from the young man of God? What did you think of yourself? Nice happened. That is India. Nice happened. Nice happened. This is what happens if you touch a man of God. That is not his response by the way. But let me tell you. A warning. Do not touch a man of God. Simple. (laughs) Don't don't get that into your your equation. You know why why your hands are withered? Meaning, Meaning you are not blessed in the work of your hands. Wherever Joseph went, he prospered. You know why? Because he did not resist anybody in his life. Especially people who spoke into his life. And wherever he went, the Lord prospered him. He had the blessing of God on the work of his hands. That is the reason why, you know what Moses tells in Psalm 90, he says, all our years are getting wasted away, Lord. And he says, establish, Lord, the work of our hands. Establish, Lord, the work of our hands. But before he says, establish the work of our hands, he says, teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Hands get withered. You know why many people are not blessed in the work that they do? If you are a child of God, if you want to have the blessing of God, there is no other way except through obedience and submission. There is no other way. Trust and obey. There is no other way. You know, we so many times we sing that song, but we lie so nicely. Trust and obey. There is no other way. Oh, because you know what? The, the way we sing the song, it lessens the weight of the meaning. 
it's like a poem for us it's like a it's like you know what a rhyme nursery rhyme trust and obey sleep sleep it's like a lullaby trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in jesus but to trust and obey all to jesus i so many lies we sing all to jesus i surrender my goodness so difficult to sing those songs isn't it you see there's no other way you know why many people's hands the work of their hands are not blessed because they have resisted the teaching of their lives they withered withered hands hands that are not blessed but we are supposed to be a blessing to others you know one of the things that we need to constantly ask lord am are my hands there to bless others am i blessing others truly lord is it more blessed that that verse it is more blessed to give than to receive is it there truly in my life do i experience that in my life truly in increasing measure important what happens his hands get withered and then what happens the altar also was spilt and the ashes poured out from the altar according to the sign which the man of god had given by the word of the lord and then you know what happens the next verse then the lord then the king answered and said to him man of god please entreat the favor of the lord your god and pray for me you see immediately so the man what did he say and entreated the lord and the king's hand was restored and became as before many of us looking for restoration in our lives the year of restoration go back do a check in your life do a check lord i'm i'm not experiencing your blessing in my life but you said lord you promised the year of restoration but is there are there certain areas in my life where i have to go and personally ask forgiveness from people who are placed above me ask i mean these are very important questions let's don't skirt them okay because we are men of god genuine men of god are interested in your well-being father will always want their children to succeed we'll come to that a little later they're proud of the success of the children and if a man of god rises up from this very congregation and preaches the word of god with power and authority wow it's joy reproof and correction you want restoration in your life entreat the lord ask lord go to the man of god whatever it is whoever it is i'm saying you have to set things right with god you have to speak the words out of your mouth and confess if you want to have the blessing genuine men of god are like fingers you know what their fivefold ministry what is that the apostolic the second is what prophetic that is the reason why when uh, belshazzar was drinking and eating and enjoying his life what came the finger of god came the anatomy you know you, god has anatomy one of the things is the, what we call as a finger of god and who is the finger of god is the prophet mene 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 tekel uparsin you have been weighed in the balances and found wanting the kingdom has been taken away from you and given to the meats and the portions the finger of god it comes and points out exactly where you have compromised and shows you and it's a regular process let me tell you something the discipline to get disciplined is a discipline what did i say 
Ah, okay, okay, exactly. No, no, these are not, these are not tongue in cheek. This is a loaded, loaded statement I'm making. This is my own original. If I, if I have to put some copyright on it and patent it, I can patent it, but it's not mine. Okay. The discipline to get disciplined is a discipline. Let me have uh, Moses, Moses and uh, Noah. Moses, Daniel and Noah. Okay, okay. Anyways, Moses, Moses and Noah. Come, come. Two righteous people. Okay. Come, come, come. Okay. You see this? You see this straight line? Okay. Head there. Your head, eyes there. Walk on that straight line without seeing down. Okay. Eyes there to the front and walk. Don't see down. Don't cross the line. Fantastic. Okay, now, now you come here, Noah. You walk with the Lord, right? Close your eyes now. Completely close your eyes, okay? Okay, now Moses, you can go and straight. You, did, did you see this man making any mistake? Okay, Moses, you can go now. Go to your place. Go, to, go back to your place. Noah has got a, uh, has an assignment now. Noah, close your eyes and walk on that straight line now. Not bad. What I'm expecting is not happening. <laughs> okay, there is some point one what point one centimeter error is there. Okay. Okay. Thank you, thank you, Noah. You are, you are walking with the Lord. You are not walking by sight. You are walking by faith. Fantastic. Go uh, by faith, Noah. <laughs> now the point here is this. The point here is this. When you close your eyes, I mean, I, you can see this example when you come to the early morning prayer. Morning prayer. Sister Elsa closes the eyes. Okay. The camera is pointing in this head, in this direction. And she is like going all, I mean, she's fired up on all cylinders, right? And she turns like this and says, Lord, Lord, Lord. And Pastor James comes from behind and slowly turns his, his entire, her, to the, towards the camera. You know why? When your eyes are closed, you do not know what is straight. What Eyes signify what is happening to your eyes when you are, it's, it happens to us when you, I mean, even when I'm worshipping and I'm, you know, I'm worshipping, I'm closing my eyes, I'm going all over the place, sometimes I might even fall. But even if my eyes are open, if my eyes are open, what is happening? A constant correction is happening. See, when I'm, when I'm walking there, there is a, there is a straight and narrow path which I already know and my eyes are giving me feedback constantly. This is not the way to go. This is not the way to go. Stay, stay, stay. There is a feedback that is coming through the eyes. It's a constant thing. Every day, every time of my life, I would have a constant feedback from my eyes. Otherwise, what will happen? I will stray and go away. Okay? It is a way of life. Somebody has to point fingers at you and show, you know, this is wrong. This is wrong. Constantly give you feedback. Give you feedback. Give you feedback so that you're straight, stayed on the straight and narrow part. That is the reason why it's called the direct, he's called the director. Do you know what director is called in, 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 uh, in, uh, Telugu? In Telugu, Telugu movies. What is, who's the director? He's called something with a very interesting name. You know what is it? Darshakudu. You know what the prophet is called in the Bible in the, in Telugu? Darshakudu. The prophet is the director, by the way. Because he's constantly giving feedback. I want this action, not this action. You know, when you're, when you're, when you're shooting a movie with, with children, they give you a flat face. Expression, Nana. Yeah! Expression. Yeah! Ex- they will not give you expression. But what is the director looking for? He's looking for that 
thing coming out. I want this, I want this, I want this. And he's constantly shouting, this way, this way, this way. He wants, he's showing you the right path. He's showing you the right, right trajectory that you should take. Proverbs chapter 6 verse 23. For the commandment is a lamp. The law is light. Now read the next one. Reproofs of instruction are what? Are a way of life. Every moment you need to have, you need to have a feedback. You need to have a feedback. Constant correction has to happen. Somebody who is your eyes and saying, you know what, this is the way, this is the way. We are supposed to go this side. We are supposed to go in this direction. You're straying. Come back. Come back. You're going, you're going too much to the right. Come back. Come back. You're going too much to the left. Come back. Come back. You know why? Because it is a straight and narrow path. That is the reason why God tells Joshua, do not turn to the left and do not turn to the right. Meditate and stay on that straight and narrow path. And who do you need? A person who's giving you reproofs of instruction have become a what? Have become a what? A way of life. That is the reason why the discipline to be disciplined is a discipline. Understand that. Why? To keep you from the immoral woman, from the flattery of the tongue of the strange woman. She flatters you. Oh, Vijay, you don't need anything. Look at the talents that you've got. You're already the righteousness of Jesus. You're positionally righteous. You don't, you don't have to have any more corrections in your life. Claim the promises. What are you talking about? Proverbs chapter 27 verse 5. Open rebuke is better than secret love. I secretly love him but I will not rebuke him. All false love. It's all mushy mushy. If you love somebody, don't mollycoddle him. If, you, if, you, if, he's, if he's your child, will you mollycoddle him? No way. Abigail knows the difference between Abigail and Esther. When I call her Esther, I'm like Mordecai. Abigail, you're wise. Understand that. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of the enemy are. You know what? One day, when you go to heaven, for all the people who have corrected you and made you keep on the straight and narrow path, you will love them. And you will say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because you know, it is a latter end. The latter end is more important. Open rebuke. So if he's a tender man of God, what does he do? He rebukes you openly. Revelation chapter 3 verse 19. As many as I love are rebuke and chasten. Therefore be what? To whom is he saying? To the Laodicean church, to the church of the last days. I love you. I rebuke you. I chastise you. Where are you? I'm outside. I'm still wanting to come inside. I'm knocking at your door. He says, you know what? Behold, I stand under the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant him. Grant to him. Grant to sit with me on my throne as I overcame and I sat on my Father strong. The tender man of God. Next is the overcoming. The man who is the overcoming man of God. What does he overcome? He overcomes temptation and sin. Look at what it says in First Kings chapter 13. Then the king said to the man of God, come home with me and refresh yourself. I like that. The word for refresh yourself is very interesting in, 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 in Greek, uh, in, in Hebrew. Get support for your ministry. That's the word. 
come home. I will give you an offering. And I will give you a reward. Thanks. But the man of God said to the king, if you were to give me half your house, that is the reason why it says, when you go and sit in a king's house, and if you are a man given to appetite, what should you do? You should put a knife on your throat. You know why? Because his food is deceitful food. What food? Deceitful food. He says, eat nice, but as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. He's plotting your fall. Be very careful. Proverbs chapter 22. But the man of God said to the king, even if you were to give me half your house, I would not go in with you, go in with you, nor would I eat bread, nor drink water in this place. For so it was commanded me by the word of the Lord. You shall not eat bread, nor drink water, nor return by the same way you came, because I will not, I will not, because this has been given me as a command. I'm not gonna budge, I'm not gonna compromise. That is what we call, KJV uses the word, quit ye like men. Be like men. In, in, in Telugu it's very interesting. Paurusham kaligunandi. Paurusham means, purush means, paurush means, be a man. Rosham means, have zeal. Have a zeal like a man. Bera comes and says, Abraham, take all this wealth, give the souls to me. Sorry. Thank you very much. I have raised my hand. To the eternal God. Sorry, I will not even take anything from you. Ezra, do you want uh, a, a battalion to come, come along with you on the way to Jerusalem? No, 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 sorry, sorry. Our ga- The good hand of God was upon us, so we don't need anything from you. But you know what he does? Lest we be put to shame, he fasts and prays and he says, Lord, we do not want to take anything from anybody because we have a testimony that we depend only upon you. And he's fast and prays. And you know what happens to Ezra. Second Kings chapter 5, verse 15. Who? Naman. He returned to the who? To the man of God. He and all his aides and came and stood before him and he said, Indeed, now I know that there is no God in the, all the earth except in Israel. Now therefore, please take a gift from your servant. But he says, As the Lord lives before whom I stand, I will receive Nothing. That is what we call us. Quit ye like men. Be a courageous man. Stand for the right cause. Don't compromise. No reward now. My reward is there. The recompense is on the other side. I am Issachar. My my recompense is on the other side, not here. Is there. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. For if I do this willingly, First Corinthians, Corinthians chapter 9 verse 17, I have a reward, but if it against my will, I have been entrusted with a stewardship. What is my reward then? That when I preach the gospel, I may present the gospel of Christ without charge, that I may not abuse my authority in the gospel. Without charge, no charge. I put my hand to the Lord. Second Kings chapter 5. But the problem is, the servant of the man of God is a, is a scoundrel of the first order. But Gehazi is the servant of Elisha, the man of God. Gehazi is not the man of God. The problem is that. Said, look, my master has spared Naman the Syrian while not receiving from his hands what he brought. But as the Lord lives, 
It's inter- interesting, right? Every time you want to do something just compromising, you want to bring the name of the Lord and bring disrepute to the name of God. Is it my son Jacob? Yes, 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 yes. Or is Esau? Oh, it is. The body is like Esau. The sound is like uh, Jacob. But how come you got this food so quickly? The Lord gave it to me. They bring the Lord in everything and compromise. You're a man of God. Look at what Paul tells Timothy. First Timothy chapter 6. Now godliness with contentment is what? You know, mega gain that is. Great gain. Hmm? For we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we, will, we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing with these we shall be content. Kya baat hai? Kya baat hai? Food and clothing. Be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men into destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all is a root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows including Demas who love this present world and forsaken me. But you, oh man of God, flee these things. Run for your life. So what does the man of God do? Uncompromising man of God. Sorry. But the problem here is, you look, look, at, look at six positives of this man of God, right? The problem is, now comes the downfall. What you should be like, and what you should not be like. Seventh one. What is it? The complacent man of God. That's the problem with young people. IITJ, what rank? 50. Bah! Hava. All, all India rank. AIR. Okay. That is my Hava. Yeah. 50 rank. What are you doing in uh, IIT computer? B-Tech in computer science. Which year? Year 8. Uh, but it's a 4 year program. It's okay. <laughs> what has happened to you? Complacent man of God. You know what you should do? You know, that's exactly what we tell our children also. Good job. But, continue. Good job. But continue. Don't become, what is your CGPA in 10th class? 10. CGPA and enter? 6.5. What happened to you? You become what? That's the reason why it says in first Proverbs chapter 1, the complacency of the fools will destroy them. The complacency of the fools. That's a problem with young people, especially this day and age. They want to retire young. Retire? Young. They read Robert Kiyosaki. Rich dad, poor dad. And start Amway business. Okay. Sorry, I'm just has to come out of my mouth. Okay. First Kings chapter 13. Now an old prophet dwelt in Bethel. You know, this is what we call as Maji Mukhya Mantri. Ex-chief minister. What do, you, what do you have any power? No, my MX, MX, once upon a time, X, XMLA. What is the use of XMLA? Does he have any clout? No. And his sons came. What are you once upon a time? 
Man of God. What, what, what are you once upon a time? Prophet of God. What are you now? I don't know. Do you have the hand of God over your, over your life? No. Does God speak to you anymore? No. Are you interested in the ways of God? No. That's Eli. Now an old prophet dwelt in Bethel and his sons came and told him all the works that the man of God had done that day in Bethel. They also told their father the words which he had spoken to the king. And their father said to him, which way did he go? For his sons had been which way, for his sons had seen which way the man of God went who came from Judah. Then he said to his sons, saddle the donkey for me. So they saddled the donkey for him and he rode on it, pursuing him now. And he went after the man of God and found him. Relax position. <laughs> what we call is taking a chill pill. <laughs> Chillax. What are you doing, Baba? Relax. Perennial holiday mood. Lot of young people are like that. How do they study? Sit. What are you doing? Holiday. They love whatever. I don't know how to speak all those things now. It will point in the wrong direction. And went after the man of God and found him what? Sitting under the work. What does sitting signify? Have you finished your work? No. When should you sit? I'll tell you. Hebrews chapter 12. Because we have one example, right? Like pastor was talking about yesterday. He said there is only one example. Who is that example? Looking unto Jesus. What did, what did Jesus do? Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher. If he is the author and the finisher of the faith, he also finished his work. So how do you, what do you do after finishing? Let us see. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1 onwards. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in the time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he had appointed heir of all things, through whom he also made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he himself purged our sins and then sat down. He finished his entire work and he said, it is finished and then sit down. You finished your work, prophet? No, 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 I'm just relaxing. Both the I have. I have sufficient in my bank for the rest of my life to live comfortably. See that? John's Gospel chapter 4 says, my, my, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 8. Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. And the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. So what has happened to you, man of God? You sat down means now, bah, both God has wrought such a fantastic miracle now. Oh my goodness. What sits in? Alright. Sit down. That automatically leads to the next stage. And what the next stage is? The deceived man of God. I'm telling you, don't ever think that you are not open to deception. If you do not keep a guard in your heart, you can be deceived. You see, when you relax, when the guards are down, the time when kings were supposed to go to battle. What were you doing? Sitting in Jerusalem. Finished. Open to attack. First Kings chapter 13. 
this man of God. Then he came to him, come home and eat. Come home with me and eat bread. And he said, I cannot return with you, nor go in with you. Neither can I eat bread, nor drink water with you in this place. For I have been told by the word of the Lord, you shall not eat bread, nor drink water there, nor return by the way that you came. You have to come back. No, what are you doing sitting there? Then what happens? Then he said to him, I too am a prophet. As you are. And an angel, oh, 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 oh. An angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord saying, bring him back with you to your house that he may eat bread and drink water. Where was this man of God heading back? Judah. Where was he sent to? Bethel. Bethel, Bethel. He was sent to Bethel. From Judah to Bethel, which is a compromised place? Bethel. Which is a higher spiritual ground? Judah. Which is a compromised spiritual ground? Bethel. Where is the man of God asking you to come back to? To compromise spiritual ground. And what is he saying? Angel. Who spoke to you? Angel. Then a word for angel in the original translation also is used as a word. Melech, which means messenger. Messenger. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia. To the angel of the church in Sardis. To the angel of, who's the, who's the angel of the church? The person who's heading the church. The person who's preaching the, go, the gospel. The pastor. Or the elder, essentially. They, they are the angels. They, those are the people who speak into the, into your life and set your doctrine. What is he saying? Come back. Look at what it says. He was blind. That's a problem. And I think that you think because you have some kind of a spiritual victory, you think that you are immune to deception. You are relaxed. Your guards are down. Second Corinthians chapter 11. For I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. For I have betrothed you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Jesus Christ. But I fear Lest somehow as a serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness. You know, Dr. Richard was here. He's here. He's here. I remember he, him talking to us about a case that came to his uh, emergency ward. Yeah, remember? A man went into the, into the fields to relieve himself. After he came back from the, from, he got a shot on his back. He came back home and he started swelling and his blood pressure started increasing. And he, was, he didn't know what was happening. And then he went to the doctor. The doctors were not able to uh, figure out what it was. And finally, Dr. Richard looked at all the symptoms. He said, it's a snake bite. The subtlety of the snake. It bit you and you did, you did not even know it bit you. You know, sometimes, you know, when you are you're, you're playing or doing something, sometimes there's a scratch on your, on, your, on your body and you don't even know it. After a while, it starts burning. And then you say, look at it and say, Harry, from where did I get this hurt? Has it ever happened to you? Many times, especially with boys. Where there's a scratch. Then you go back, oh, 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 oh. That's exactly what happened to this man. Bitten by the snake. The venom is into his mouth, into his body now. He broke the hedge that God put him. What was the hedge? Do not disobey. Come back, come back. What has happened? Bitten by the snake. The venom is in. For he who comes... And preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached. If you receive a different spirit than we have not received. A different gospel. What happened? You are what? You put up. 
You put up. That's the reason why he tells the one of the church, I think small knife, I'm right, or 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 theater, or or theater, if I'm right. He says, you tolerated that person who's preaching the doctrine of Balaam. How are you tolerating? You're putting up with those people who's bringing false doctrine into the church. You're tolerating Jezebel. How are you putting up? The angel spoke to me. Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. I marvel that you're turning away so soon. You see, it's so soon, my dear brothers. It can happen just like that. I was telling, I was telling the Telugu church, you know. The spiritual life is like biking a cycle on the steep mountain. In order to move, what should you do? Continuously. Keep on biking. The moment you stop, you don't have to do anything. Within seconds, you'll go down. You'll, all the effort to come to one point, one small mistake, gone. It's like snakes and ladders, no? That fellow is at 99. You'll be bitten by the snake at 99. Down. Oh, all my life got wasted. All my spiritual life got wasted. Snakes and ladders is a good game to play. All the time. At 99, at 99, at 99, that fellow will be there. 97 or 99, right? The biggest snake, by the way. All the way to the bottom. It's a parable of the snakes and ladders. So what happened? But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel, let him be what? See, what is an angel? Let me tell you something. You sing that song, no? Though like a wanderer, the sun gone down, darkness be over me, my rest a stone, yet in my dreams I'll be nearer my God to thee, nearer my God to thee, nearer to thee. There let the way appear, steps unto heaven, all that thou sendest me in mercy given. Angels to beckon me, angels to beckon me, nearer my God to thee, nearer my God to thee, nearer to thee. So what is the job of the angel? To beckon you closer to God. The messenger. If I'm the angel, the messenger, the voice of God, what is it supposed to do? Challenge you to take you from one spiritual stage to next spiritual stage closer to God and not to take you back to the place of compromise. And that is the reason why I love that song. And there with my waking thoughts, by bright with thy praise, out of my stony griefs, Bethel I'll raise. So by my woes to be, nearer my God to thee, nearer my God to thee, nearer to thee. So what is the job of the angel? What is the job of the pastor? What is the job of a man of God who is teaching the word of God? To take you from one spiritual experience to a higher spiritual experience and not to take you down. Where are you going, Lot? Where are you going from the house of fellowship? Where are you going? To Sodom. Oh, it's a better church over there? They challenge you more? A man of God who's at a higher spiritual level than the place where you're already in? Anurag is going to leave tomorrow, right? Anurag? Where is he going? I, sir. 
From where? From Kota factory. To Icer. Kya baat hai? So generally what parents do, well, my, my dad and my mom know, when I was going to IIT, they also wanted to come with me. Proud! I want to personally come and take you to IIT and drop you there. From IIT I was going to Canada, my dad said, I'll come with you to the visa office. He was more happy that I got the visa and the scholarship. Why? I'm going from one stage to a higher stage. So when you, let's say, say you come to the church and you say, you know, pastor, I think the word of God over here is not challenging me enough. I found a better church which challenges me with a word. I, I, I think I need a better place which challenges me better. I think I'm graduating. So I'll ask you, which place are you going to? This man of God. Oh, fantastic. He's a much more anointed man of God. I will take my car. 10 to the power of minus 9. What is it? Nano. So you got confused, okay? 10 to the power of minus 9 is nano, okay? I will take you my car. I will be your personal chauffeur. I will drop you there and I will hand hand him over to that pastor and say, you know, man of God, this man, fantastic man of God. He's a fantastic, committed believer. I don't think I'm at that level to give him the meat that he needs now. He's gone to a higher spiritual level. Please, can you take him under your wings? Where are you going? Where are you going, my dear brothers? You leave church? Have you gone to a better place? Have you gone to a better place? I will be happy. On fire for God. Preaching the word of God. Living out the word of God. Finding all the, using the gift, giftings that God has given you. Extending the kingdom of God. Challenging the young people. Where? I'll be like a, like a father. You know what my daughter graduated with honors. Going to a better place. You know the biggest, the high point in a, in a dad and mom's career when they come to the convocation of their child? Kya baat hai? Where are we going? Can you imagine? Where are you taking your child? Uh, he finished uh, grade 11, grade 12. Where are you taking him? Class 5. What? What? Compromise? Where are you going? Look at this, look at this messengers, how they, how they cause you to compromise. You know, David had messengers, but he chose his messengers when he was falling. Second Samuel chapter 11. Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful to behold. So David sent and inquired about the woman. And in the Bible, Telgut, Telgut says, And Aduta, a messenger said, Is this not Bathsheba? Is this not Bathsheba, O man of God? You're falling. Be warned. Somebody else's wife. He didn't like that voice. And what did he do? David sent messengers. And he took Bathsheba. There are messengers who will make you compromise into sin. That is the reason why it says, they have turned the grace of God into a license for sinful lifestyle. You are caught in adultery. Are there anybody to condemn you? No Lord, nobody is there to condemn me. Okay, woman, I also don't condemn you. Go and live the way you like to live. No! No, 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 no! Go and sin no more!
I remember one man of God driving on the highway in US. He was rushing to another meeting. He finished one meeting, rushing to another meeting. He was going, he was ripping. In US, speed limits have to be adhered very strictly. And suddenly he jumped this. He knew that he was jumping the speed limit, but he didn't care, but he had to reach this meeting on time. So he was rushing. And then uh, suddenly somebody from behind, you know what happens in US, right? Suddenly from behind, he saw the cop car and and he pulled over to the shoulder and he stopped. He had the Bible. He had the, he had everything in his, in his uh, compartment. And he had the, he had his pastor's suit. And this police officer, he came and he says, he knocked at his window and he, and he lowered the window and he said, sir, it seems that you are in, uh, in a hurry. Uh, and he said, uh, I don't know how many people told you this, but you know, I'm a pastor. I'm sorry. I, I broke the, I broke the speed limit, but I'm, I'm, I'm finishing a meeting and I have to rush to another meeting. I'm sorry, officer, I broke the rule. Really, really apologize. And the officer looks at the pastor and he says, all these days I go to church and my pastor says so many things to me. But this one time I have the opportunity to to say to a pastor, go and sin no more. Every time the pastor says, go and sin no more, go and sin no more. Now I have the opportunity to say, tell my pastor, Even to a pastor. What is it? Even to a pastor? Go and sin no more. Otherwise, you will be judged more fiercely than... You see, see, the greater the height that God sends you, the greater the the judgment. Think about it. The guy who has a cycle and he gets into an accident. Or falls. A guy who has a bike gets into an accident. Great will be his fall. Exactly. If you are a pastor, you have a fast bike. With great privileges comes, aha, uh-huh, sent messengers. That is the reason why Jesus said, Jesus answered and said to him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things. And he said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, you will see the heavens open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon whom? Upon the Son of God. The Son of God is the ladder. And the angel of God is taking you from one spiritual experience in the Son of God to a higher spiritual experience. All the way to the Father. Not going, not taking you down. Not taking you back to the place of compromise. Finally, this disobedient man of God. And you know that story. Now it happened as they sat at the table that the word of the Lord came to the prophet who had brought him back. Brought him (laughs) back. I like that. Not forward. Not brought him forward. Brought him back. If anyone turns back, my soul will not have pleasure in him for the just shall live by faith. Otherwise you'll draw draw yourself back. Where? All the way to perdition it says in in Hebrews chapter 10. And he cried. Thus says the Lord. Because you are. You have disobeyed the word of the Lord. And have not kept the commandment. Which the Lord your God commanded you. But you came back. 
ate bread, drank water, in the place of which the Lord said to you, eat no bread and drink no water. Your cops shall not come to the tomb of your fathers. Don't be disobedient, my dear brothers. Disobedience comes at a big, big, big price. You make that one decision in your life and you will regret it for the rest of your life. And you will be like that person in Proverbs chapter 5. Oh, my life was completely ruined in the midst of the congregation and the assembly because I despised the words of my teachers. All my youth is gone. All my strength I have given to strange women. There's nothing left for me. Vanity, vanity, vanity. Acts chapter 26, verse 19. Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Not disobedient. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands, take heed lest he fall. Take heed. Don't think that you have arrived. There's a long way to go. It's a long obedience, my dear brothers and sisters, in a single, single, single direction. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into the captivity to the obedience of Christ. And what do you do after that? Ready to punish all disobedience until your obedience is fulfilled. So it was that after eaten bread and drank the wine to the donkey, he saddled the donkey for him, the prophet whom he had brought back. When he was gone, what happened? A lion met him on the road and killed him. What a sad ending. What a sad ending to this man who had a promising career as a prophet of God. Even before he started, his life was over. That is the reason why Paul says, judge yourself, otherwise many of you are weak, many are sick, and many of you have fallen asleep. Then he went down and found the cops, thrown on the road, and the donkey and the lion Standing by the cops. The lion had not eaten the cops. Not torn the donkey. So you had the donkey. You had the lion. And the man of God. Who was kept alive? The donkey. Who was killed? The man of God. So if you want to be kept alive, what should you be? The donkey. You know why? Donkey says... Or who gives me preeminence is Christ. Who gives me value is Christ. I have no other identity other than the identity that is in Christ. First Peter chapter 5. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about a roaring lion. Seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. Steadfast in the faith. Knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So this morning, I want to be the donkey. That donkey. 
who carried Jesus, the nameless donkey. I want to be that truly, genuinely, genuinely. And I'm asking God, Lord, test me, Lord. Test me. Test me, Lord. I'm open. You can take, let, let, let us do that. And uh, Lord, I, I want to see how much I, I care about my reputation. I want to see it. Test me, Lord. I want to be that. If you want to be that, let's stand. <laughs> let's stand this morning. This morning, many of us don't like to have that nameless man of God. It's very difficult for us to, we want a name. We want it. Genuinely, when we, when we judge our own hearts, all of us have that. But this morning, Lord, I pray each one of us will desire to be that donkey. It's an amazing miracle, O oh Lord. The donkey could not be touched by the lion. Because he was absolutely doing the will of the master. And I pray Lord this morning. We want to be stayed on that straight and narrow path. We want to be a nameless man of God. A donkey like Issachar. Who sees the recompense on the other end and not the recompense on this this side of eternity. And who bends his shoulder. And he gives himself over to bear the weight of the master. And therefore becomes a band of slaves willingly like Paul. This morning, O Lord, I pray that you would, Lord, find in this congregation, beginning with all of us, with me, O Lord, beginning with me, people who desire no name, but they just want to finish the work that God has entrusted into their hands and go on to the other side and say, Oh Lord, this little that you have committed into my hands, I've been found faithful. This little. We don't desire a name. We don't desire a reputation. We just want to be like Baruch. We want to take that warning. What do you seek, Baruch? Seekest thou great things for this, for yourself. Seek them not. To that end, I pray that you would bless each and every one of us with that desire to find the will of God and to finish the work that you have entrusted into our hands. Like that donkey who cannot be touched by the lion because it was completely surrendered to the master's will. And that's what you told your disciples. The ruler of this world has come to me. But it has found nothing in me. Because I'm here not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me and to glorify his name. Let the message of Palm Sunday not be lost in the midst of celebration, O Lord, and tradition. Let it burn deep into our hearts. Thank you, Father. We praise you. We worship you. We give you glory. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all God's children said, Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each one of us. In Jesus' name, Amen. Have a blessed time of fellowship together.